Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Boom! What up? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct. The greatest city in the world, the city of angels, where it's 75 and sunny. We got seasons here. The good one. 877 on Fox. You don't have seasons. You don't have seasons. Yes, we do. Cut out all the ones that nobody actually likes. And you got California, especially Southern California. Johnny Ramos has passed the rock through the uh, urethra. And he has uh, returned from kidney stones. Uh, that's always always good to see his smiling face. Ryan Music back off the beach. Gottlieb back from Vegas. Played a little top golf last night. I have determined... That while my real golf game, not particularly good, my top golf game is exquisite. Oh, yeah. Well, pitching wedge, 125, nine iron, 150. That I can do in the circle that is uh, top golf, making some cash on the side. Real golf? Eh. But had a great time last night with the good folks of the American Cancer Society. Meanwhile, if you've ever been to top golf, you know they have these massive big screens out to where you can't even hit a golf ball. And I was watching the end of the San Antonio Spurs season and the continued dominance of the Golden State Warriors who played pretty well. They didn't play great, but they end up sweeping away the San Antonio Spurs. And I guess the story was, is that the last we'll see of Manu Ginobili? Here's Manu after the game. Like, you know, like wanted me. 
<laughs> to retire lately. They were giving me a sort of a celebration night. And of course, I'm getting closer and closer. Uh, is, that's no secret for sure. It's getting harder and harder. But um, I, I always said that I wanted to let it sink in for three weeks, four weeks, whatever. Then I'll sit with my wife and see how it feels. So you'll see how it feels. He'll, he'll let it sink in. Uh, and remember, he, he played exceedingly well against Golden State. He did not play particularly well against the Memphis Grizzlies. I think he was like one of 15 from the floor in their uh, in their series over the Grizzlies, or from three-point range, excuse me. Really, really struggled. Uh, I've told you before, and suddenly people are now coming around to it, Manu Ginobili, to me, the most accomplished international player that we've ever had in the NBA, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he he showed sacrifice, he showed versatility. Yes, he brought flopping front and center to the NBA. He brought that kind of flamboyance of a soccer style and he became kind of the 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 first uh, to play that way and to play it effectively. But maybe more interesting is we've been prematurely calling the death of the Spurs for years. Right? How many times have the Spurs died and then come back to life? Last year, the year the Spurs went for it. They went and got LaMarcus Aldridge, which is kind of out of their character a little bit to go get a high-priced free agent. But it also showed the character of Tim Duncan that he brought in his eventual replacement. Duncan retires and they go and get Pau Gasol this year after falling flat against the Oklahoma City Thunder last year. Tony Parker tears uh, his quad tendon. Manu Ginobili is a shell of his former self. And while LaMarcus Aldridge statistically is decent, he's not nearly what they thought he would be. Pau Gasol doesn't seem to be a great fit. And he... He's not on his last legs, but he's definitely not in the prime of his career. All that said, outside of Kawhi Leonard, who I know did not play in Game 2 and Game 3, outside of Kawhi Leonard, what exactly do the Spurs have going forward? They've always had stars, but they've always had up-and-coming stars kind of around those stars. Remember, when they had David Robinson, they didn't get good until they got Tim Duncan. And then when they had Tim Duncan... It wasn't until they added Manu and uh, and other pieces around them, like a Tony Parker. And then they added Danny Green and embraced the three-point shot. They've always found a way to kind of reinvent themselves, but it's going to become increasingly difficult. Add to the fact that their second-best returning player, LaMarcus Aldridge, appears to be kind of an awkward fit for how they want to play and who they want to be. And I don't want to say they're dead because you have Kawhi and you do have LaMarcus. But I don't think they're that much alive, right? They're kind of like walking around. They're, they're in that, that place to which you're like, well, they're really well coached and they find a way to get pieces. And I'm sure they'll find a way to figure it out to some extent. But can you win a title or can you even get this deep in the playoffs in years to come? And I don't know what the answer is. So I don't know if last night was the last night of Manu and he was effective enough this year and you can cut his minutes and you can get his basketball brain around some of these young players. But boy, it, it, it seems like, and maybe DeJounte Murray's their next guy. Seems to have the makings of some of their next guy. Murray, Kawhi Leonard, 
LaMarcus or they trade LaMarcus and get some other pieces that fit better? Here's uh, Greg Popovich on Manu. Well, you know, Manu, uh, he's a grown man, uh, and he'll figure out what is best for him and, and his family. Uh, you know, we started him tonight uh, out of respect. That was the whole reason for starting him. Uh, you know, it, before the game, you think, you know, it may or may not be his last game that he ever plays in. And I did not want to miss the opportunity to honor him in front of our home fans for his selflessness over the years. Yeah, like, I, I just, it's one of those things to which his selflessness, as, as Pop went on, to not want to start to, or to be willing to come off the bench for most of his career. And it's, it is a weird, there's some weird things about different, each sport, but here's a weird thing about basketball. Like, we don't hold guys in higher regard, in as high regard when they don't start. Like, oh, well, he didn't even start. Like, yeah, he finished every game. Like, it's all that's really important, isn't it? He was still awesome. Prorate his stats, especially when he's playing 27, 28 minutes a game, and you can see that had he played 35 minutes a game, you're talking about a guy that's averaging in the high 20s per. Uh, I would guess that if you pulled actual NBA players who played during Manu's era, he would be one of the 10 or 15 most respected players in the league. And that's for like 15 years on. And I guess the question becomes, is San Antonio going to be capable of continuing to remake themselves? Because that is, to me, a more magnificent feat than what Cleveland's been able to do and in many ways, what Golden State's been able to do, right? Go, like the trick to Golden State was they drafted high for years and years and years. And then they had a couple of drafts that they nailed. And then they added a couple of pieces. Andre Godala they added as a free agent. Obviously, most recently, you had Kevin Durant. And like, they're going to be good. And I think they'll be good for a long time. But for San Antonio in a small market to continue to remake themselves and be competitive over 15 years is stunning in the landscape of sports where guys, so many of these stars can pick and choose exactly where they want to play. Greg Popovich had this to say, which is kind of interesting. Well, you know, I, I don't see too many big men that are real interested in playing down on the block anymore. Uh, you know, everybody wants to shoot it. And uh, I think that uh, I've stated many times, I, I hate the three-point shot. Uh, I've often said, well, why don't we have a four-point shot? Let's have a five-point shot. Make it a circus. And, and then there's nothing going on except, you know, you feel like you're in Vegas every night, uh, that sort of thing. But you got to go with what it is. There's that many players that can shoot the three. Uh, you better be able to guard it, and you better have people that make a three. You know, what's, what's maybe fascinating about it is um, you go back six, seven years ago, and they nearly lost to the Dallas Mavericks who played small ball against them in the first round of the NBA playoffs. You fast forward to when they last won a title against the Miami Heat, and though they didn't play true small ball because they had uh, Tim Duncan at center, they did have, you know, perimeter shooters all around him, and they embraced the three-point shot. The only thing I don't like about Pop is his insistence that he has this act he won't talk to to sideline reporters. With the exception of that, I think he gives for the most part, thoughtful answers. I don't think he's a hypocrite I, as a coach, right? Like when he when he does something and somebody else is successful in the same thing, 
Um, I you know, but the the three point shot is interesting because that obviously is a shot across the bow at the Golden State Warriors. On the other hand, there's a, a certain respect of the Golden State Warriors and their skill. And there's the denotation that, hey, San Antonio wouldn't have won a title and been within an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound of a title if not for the three-point shot. But what happens now for the Spurs is fascinating, fascinating theater. And you got Kawhi in his prime, who is a 21st century superstar, even though he's so soft-spoken he might not be in commercials. But the old guard is gone, and how do they continue to have that culture carry on? Now that Duncan is already retired, Parker is close to it, and so too is Mono Ginobili. 877-99 on Fox, 877-99 on Fox. We've got a lot. Paul Goldschmidt joins us when? Third hour of the show? Well, oh, 1 o'clock. Right, he hit home run last night, his 12th home run. The, uh, the Dimebacks, I believe, have won 9 out of 12. I often says I say this. Nobody gives a Schmidt about Paul Goldschmidt. Like he is the best player that I would say mainstream America, not baseball fan America. Like, hey, what's Paul Goldschmidt do? Like, I saw him in a couple movies. No, that's that's Paul Rudd. Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, I is he an accountant? Is he a lawyer? How do I know him? Oh, he was he a couple movies? Like, no. We already went over the movie thing. Paul Goldschmidt's going to join us 1 o'clock hour. Up next, you may have heard some pieces of this story. Ennis Cantor, starting power forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder, was in Indonesia. And then something really weird happened. What is it? We'll ask him next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Show Fox Sports Radio. So apparently the um, Super Bowl that was set to be in L.A. in 2020 is going to be moved to Tampa. Have you guys seen this? Because L.A. Stadium is not going to be ready in time. Uh, and so because of it, L.A. will. But moving from L.A., to Tampa, wow, that is truly, uh, that is what we call a precipitous decline, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it is a precipitous decline. I I don't mind Tampa. I mean, you can go to Clearwater and go to Clearwater Beach. You can stay in St. Petersburg. But, like, the idea that that's the plan B only only points out one uh, what a joke it is, San Diego couldn't get a new stadium. Two, like at some point, Vegas is going to have to get this game. Like If Tampa's getting another Super Bowl, and I know they've had plenty in the past, back the old sombrero, they put $150 million into the stadium, and this is kind of just a backup plan. But uh, that is that is a precipitous decline. Let's welcome in Ennis Cantor, who, of course, plays and stars for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And if you've been following this story some, or if you watch on, uh, follow him on social media, you know that Ennis was, at least for a period of time, stuck in Romania. And uh, he joins us now. Ennis, how are you? Uh, good, how are you? Good. All right, so take me back, because I've read the Players' Tribune article. You're in Indonesia. You're running basketball clinics for your foundation. And then what happened? So I mean, we I was in a global tour. I was in a global tour with my foundation, 
and I was going to visit 17 countries, and we visited uh, seven uh, countries in Pacific. So the Indonesia was my last uh, last stop. So that that day, we had a basketball clinic in the school. Everything was fine. There was, we had so much fun with the kids and everything. And then uh, I went back to the hotel, time to sleep. Uh, I think it was around 2.30, 2.30 a.m. I, I remember my manager knocked my door, and then he said, come to my room, we need to talk. I was like, okay. Uh, I went to his room. We started talking. He told me uh, the Turkish embassy called the Indonesian government and said that the Secret Service and then the army was looking for me. I told them, what? Like, why, why are they looking for me? And he said, you know, the Turkish embassy said, I am a dangerous man. And I asked my ma- manager, how, how, how am I a dangerous man? Is that that's what the Turkish embassy said. I was like, okay. That's weird. And then we uh, we sit down with my manager and the local contact uh, in, in Indonesia. We'll just start talking and say, okay, what should we do? Should we leave or should we just stay in, stay in Indonesia? And then my manager said, we need to go because uh, there's some you know, people that, like my, my friends in Malaysia, got kidnapped, went deported back to Turkey. So he said that there's a chance that you, you might get you know, just rested and just go deported back to Turkey. I was like, okay, we need to leave here as soon as possible. And then we looked up in a flight around 5.30 a.m. was the first flight. And then we went to uh airport at 5.30. It was the first flight. And we just took off for the first flight. We kind of escaped the country. And then we went to Singapore. And then we stayed there for like around five, six hours. Then we went to, uh, you know, Romania. So from, we- so from Indonesia to Singapore to... By the way, how far is it... How far is the flight from Singapore to Romania? That one seems like it's the it's the the furthest flight. How how long was that? Well, I think it was the total like uh, fifteen hours. All right, so uh, so you're like a man without a country, and yeah. this all kind of dates back to you speaking out about the government back home in Turkey, correct? Yeah, I'm I'm open for adoption, by the way. So let me know if any other countries want to adopt me. What do you mean you're looking for adoption? The country wants yeah, to adopt please. you? Or or you're 25, I can't adopt you as my kid. You can adopt me, uh, especially with the money you're making. I'll be your kid anytime you want. I uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, the man who uh, has an incredible mustache uh, and, yeah. by the way, a beautiful jump shot. And his brother just committed, just transferring from UW-Green Bay to Xavier. Congrats to yeah. your brother as well. And yeah. his Cantor joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, so you're you're in Romania. How, yeah. how how long were you there before you posted on social media? I think it was like maybe like one hour, one and a half hour, because I gave my uh, police the, my, my passport. He looked at it, and he said, okay, you need to come back with me in the back. I went I went in the back with him. He would just keep uh, looking at my passport. And then after he came back to me and said, your passport is canceled. I looked at him, and I asked him, why is my passport canceled? And he said, that's what the Turkish embassy says. I mean, your passport is canceled. I would keep asking the guy, okay, so can you please give me a reason why is my passport canceled? Because I went to Romania before, like two, uh, I think three years ago I went to Romania, and then I was like, why is my passport canceled? And he was just, uh, he was he couldn't give me no answer. He was just, you know, it's a secret. It's the Turkish embassy said, your passport is canceled. I was like, okay, and he gave us two choices. One was he said, okay, you could, you are not going to enter this country, so you need you can try another country in Europe, or you can go back to America. I was like, um, I, 
talked with my manager, like, what should we do? What should we do? Because, like, if I go another another country in uh, Europe, there was a chance that they say, hey, man, look, you're not a citizenship in America, so we, your passport shows that you're Turkish, so we need, we, we're going to send you back to Turkey. But there was that chance. So that's why we decided to go to America. Hey, you're like, a, you're like, Turkey, no, they took away my passport. They think I'm an enemy of the state. I'm not going back there. I'm going no to, I'm, go, I'm going to America. But, but the, Absolutely. but the second you post on social media, now all of a sudden people in the state see it and, and everything changed, correct? Oh, everything. I mean, I, I the, as soon as I posted, you know, the video on, on, on social media, people like started messaging me, text me, OKC Thunder. We talked to communicate with OKC Thunder, NBA, NBPA, even like, like the U.S. Senators text me. My teammates are texting me. You know, Westbrook, Stephen Adams, all these guys are texting me. And I was just sitting there, just, you know, just calling people and showing, hey, man, look, there's two police watching me and stuff. It was definitely one of, the, like, the weirdest and crazy moment I had. And it's Cantor joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I know you weren't born in this country, obviously born in Turkey. You've been here about a decade. Obviously, you didn't get to play college ball the, the one year yeah. at Kentucky. Uh, you know, because of because of the team you played on, and ha- when you were in Turkey, uh, but when you, like, uh, look, my experience I played overseas was when you would get to JFK, and you would see Old Glory, you'd see our flag, you just you felt like you were home. You wanted to you wanted to bend down and kiss the ground. Yeah. What, what's the feel? What was the feeling like for you, somebody who not as a Native American, but this has been your home? When you finally got to the states, what was the feeling like? So the crazy part is. Up in Romania, we get on a plane, so we were going to go to London, to New York. So we went to London, and then we missed our flight. So that was, I was like, oh why'd you, Wait, why'd you miss your flight? Were you, like, having coffee, not paying attention? Was the was the connection too close? No, because, Did you get stuck no, in because, customs? What happened? No, because when we land in London, so there is this guy in a plane. I had no, well, I don't know, what, 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 like, what was his problem? These two policemen got into plane and then start looking for him and I, I got so nervous I thought they were looking for me so the, and then we missed our flight and that this lady said the next flight is the next day so I was talking to my manager what should we do because if you leave the airport there is a chance that we cannot get back in to the uh, airport so I was like what should we do what should we do and then he said okay we're gonna stay we're gonna spend uh, the night in the airport so you so slept you, you slept in the airport or like in an airport hotel I was like a, you know, like bug bags. How do you say? It? Like you know, there's two beds uh, between the top of each other. Yeah, bunk beds. So, bunk beds. Yes. yes. We, in London, inside the hotel, they have bunk beds. Yes. Yes. In a lounge. So we stayed there. We spent the night. We ate some, you know, some foods, kind of like snacks, whatever. We ate the snacks, and then the next day we woke up, and then we uh, uh, were about to get in the New York plane, and this gentleman from Homeland uh, Security. Looked for my uh, green card and got some numbers, got uh, took some notes, called some people and said, "Okay, you're good to go." And then when I get in the plane, when the the plane took off, I'm like, "Oh, finally!" It was it was like it was a really good, really good feeling. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was a really really good feeling. Okay, so um, why, like, you're a basketball player, right? And I know that you've had some fallout with some family over some of your feelings about the government back home, but why do they care so much? I, I'm I'm not I mean, saying you're not an important, you know, figure because you're the most known now Turkish basketball player in the states. But why yeah. do they care so much what you have to say that they want to go to these lengths to shut you down? Because it all had it all started last year 
you probably remember what happened with Tokyo, this coup attempt last year, right? Yeah. So there is this coup attempt, but the fake coup attempt. So the President Erdogan did the coup attempt to his own country. So he can... It's a coup, yeah, a, a coup, de, coup d'etat. Okay, anyway, a, a coup attempt. I'm sorry, I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you have you have an. I can understand you. I just know somebody's in the car going like a coup attempt. Yeah, like coup. they had. Yeah. So wait, the, the the there was a coup on the president, correct? Yeah. In Turkey. Uh, okay, a coup attempt, but, wanna, but it didn't go through. Yes, but if you if you want to understand who did the coup attempt, uh, coup attempt, uh, you have to look at the results. So the number shows after the coup attempt, and there is this site they called uh, TurkeyPurge.com. If you go there, you you can see a little, a little more details. So if you go to that website, there is 130,000 people are in jail right now after the court wow. There's all this, you know, like journalists, newspaper, all these channels are shut down. And all this, you know, dormitories, over 2,000 dormitories, universities, and schools are shut down. So and then this guy did the court so he can be the one-man show. He can control the army, the police, the military. He can control everything. So he wanted to be the one-man show. That's why he did the court So when he did the court I was spoken out against him. So he is using religion uh, to brainwash people. That's the easiest way to, you know, just um, you know, control people. So he's polarizing people. He's making groups. And then whoever's speaking out against him, he's just, like, trying to shut you down everything, like, every way. Hmm. So that's why I was a part of uh, this movement called Hizmet Movement, led by Mr. Fethullah Gülen. That's why they, they, we, the Hizmet Movement was speaking out against him. All the corruption, uh, the Erdogan did, all the you know the uh, crazy things he's doing, and you know when we speak out against him, he blame on the coup to his movement and Mr. Petslaki. And there is not one evidence after the court attempt that we are involved in the court attempt. Hmm. So that's why he was like, I was speaking out against him. That's why he he targeted me and the movement, and that's why I mean that that was the reason. And then I mean, if you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mr. Erdogan, uh, President Erdogan. He was here. He was in the States in Washington yep. um, uh, last week. And then if you see what he did to, you know, all these people, he gave order to, you know, just go beat up people and stuff in America. And uh, you guys probably know the U.S. Senator John McCain tweeted about, oh, we don't do this in here. So think about, guys, if he's doing this in front of the whole world. Right. If he does it in the in States, the what, do you, what do you think he does in the privacy of, about of Turkey? What he's doing yeah. in this country. Yeah. Behind the curtains, that's in crazy. Jail. And there's, there's this report, Amnesty International, saying that people have been tortured, people are getting raped, getting murdered, getting kidnapped, and stuff. So it's definitely crazy. That's so whoever's speaking out against him, he's trying to just, you know, trying trying to everything. trying to limit it. And is Cantor joining us? All right, I got some other stuff. I got I got to ask with you. Uh, when you see KD in the finals now, the team that beats you guys, now he's in the finals four game. They haven't lost a game in the playoffs. Having been a part of the Thunder last year with him, how does it make you feel? I mean, of course. I mean, first of all, when he decided to go to Golden State, you know, the first day I saw the yeah, I saw the thing. I texted him. I texted him and I told him, you know, what, well, good luck. Because we under, we all understand it's a business and everything. But my problem was how he did it. But you know what? I mean, I, I wish him the welcome. I mean, first of all, I don't want Golden State to win a championship because we don't like Golden State, by the way. We, I was able to win the championship, but whatever. I mean, he's, of course, he's no question. He's one of the best players in the league, and there's no question about that. But like, I mean, of course, I want Cleveland to win the championship. You want Cleveland to win? 
Of course, man. We don't like we don't like we don't like Golden State. Why so, don't Why don't you like Golden State? I mean, just because they beat you, or is there something else? Uh, Kobe, it was a three-one. We blew up and everything, whatever. And then, I mean, we, we just don't like Golden State. Uh, what's what's Russ? How would you describe playing with Russ? Man, I mean, he's first of all, everybody like seen one side of Russ. Everybody seen Russ on the court chilling, getting all this triple doubles right there. But there's the other side of Russell, and he's always, you know, outside of the court, Russ. He's always helping people. He's giving back to the community. He's always, you know, just trying to be the guy that, you know, just uh, help his state, help his, you know, his teammates, his, you know, his his family and everything. So he was the one that, you know, always like stepping up. And I mean, we were some some games we were down by like 15, 20, and whenever you see him, something was like going crazy. Like, Let's go, we can do this. And there's a lot of games that we came back just because of, you know, his craziness. And then in the game, in the on the on the court, there's no question he's the best basketball player in the earth right now. I mean, he's been playing, getting all the triple doubles and everything. But same, he's making himself better. I say this every time, and he's making everybody else better around him. And that's what the really really special players does. Yeah, but didn't he didn't he take some of the rebounds away from you and Stephen Adams? I mean, like was he uh-huh. was he was he ever going like, yo, I got this, I got to get my triple double? Uh, it's not like. Okay, let me get my triple double. He was just doing it, but like there's sometimes that we just let him have it. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Uh, uh, okay, cage match between you and Steven Adams. Who wins? Ooh, I don't know. That's a tough question. Because like I, uh, we we play one on one. Sometimes it's not basketball. It's kind of like wrestling. Uh, okay. So, uh, okay. How about th- this one? Uh, Billy didn't play you hardly at all in that last playoff series. Do, do you see do you see that changing in the in the future? Uh, well, I think you know. I mean, uh, most uh, the most important you, you could do. I mean, of, of course, everybody wants to play. You know, forty eight minutes. Only thing you can do just uh, whenever you're out there, you play your hardest. But whenever you're on the bench, you cheer for your teammates, and that's what the best thing you can do. All right, man. Well, listen, we're we're glad you're back stateside. It's all craziness. Now you can't right. ever, now you can't ever leave Oklahoma. That's not a bad thing. You're a legend there. Uh, we got plenty. I, I'll send you some different spots you can go visit in 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 uh, the states to which oh, you can go state I'll, to state. Nobody's gonna mess with you. Nobody cares how you feel about uh, uh, the president of Turkey. Uh, you're well, you're welcome here anytime. Let me tell you something, man. The best thing, you know, when I tweeted and say I'm finally uh, I'm coming to America, people people were saying welcome home. So I feel like this is my home now. You know, what I mean, I just want to thank whole America, all the fans, all the people who supported me, NBA, MBPA, you know, uh, Homeland security because i mean they work as one team so you just can't get me out of there i'm definitely you know thankful for all this uh all this uh, support Ennis, thanks for sharing your story with us and joining us on fox sports radio appreciate it my man all right that's ennis Cantor joining us on the doug gallery show that was nuts i mean like a little confusing right because you don't know who uh Ed rogan is there the president of turkey although you might have seen that video that went viral of his henchman uh, like headlocking, he- having a lady in a headlock earlier this week. But you get the sense, like, here's a dude who's just a professional basketball player speaking out against a government coup attempt from last year, and suddenly now he becomes enemy of the state of his own country, and they want to take his passport away, to which you're like, oh, hey, you know, the best way to fix it is you go back to Turkey. He's like, no, I don't want to go back there. Uh, also not shy about his distaste for the Golden State Warriors. It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Wait for it. Hold on.
Almost. That's a Manu Trace. Here we go. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Here's my basic takeaway from Ennis Cantor, okay? Like, look, there are plenty of you that are not happy about uh, what happened in November. And uh, last couple weeks have been quite interesting in Washington, D.C. There are many things that I would change about my local, state, and national government, right? There are things that need to be done as far as our roads, our infrastructure, our schools, our health care system. Uh, how we treat our environment, how we treat each other. Like we got some stuff here that need to be, that uh, as uh, my wife and her family tend to say in kind of their ultimate Oklahoma way, needs fixed. Right? But look, man, uh, I'm actually going to Israel at the end of the month of June coaching a team, uh, the Maccabi Games team. It's like the, the Jewish Olympics, kind of. And uh, I've, I've played professionally in Russia. I've played in France. Uh, we've, while playing in Russia, Israel, France, professionally, we've played in Istanbul and Turkey, in uh, Yugoslavia, in Slovenia, in Denmark, in Lithuania, in Czechoslovakia, in France. I've, I've played all over. And I, this is the best place, right? Like one of the one of the, there are so many spectacular things in this world. You know, I've seen some of the sites of Italy, but I haven't seen a lot of them. I've never been to Spain, but I'd surely like to get there. I've been all over Russia. I've been all over like all the important uh, sites in Jerusalem. Like I've seen some really cool things. I've I've been atop the uh, Eiffel Tower, the, to the top viewing deck of the Eiffel Tower. Like all that stuff is really cool. Dude, this is the spot. Not without flaw, but that's my takeaway from Ennis Cantor's. Like, we got some, like, look, we got some dudes that are enemy, the the Edward Snowden enemy of the state. But just speaking out against the government because there was a government coup and they want to take away a basketball player's uh, passport and call him a dangerous man, like, that's the kind of thing of like, "Mm, I'm going to hang out in in, uh, the United States and just never leave. Ramos, you ever travel abroad? I have not. You ever travel with abroad? <laughs> I, I have Hello! done that, yes. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Ramos. But Thank you. Uh, can you describe the moment you passed the kidney stone? It wasn't as bad as the moment that I was here on Thursday and left. I, I thought I thought you had uh, appendicitis. I, I thought your appendix I've, first. I thought so, too, and uh, it was 10-plus. And I know people out there are like, I've had worse pain than that. Okay, I get it tell your story later on. I'm telling my story. Right, which is, this is the John Ramos right. story. Ten, <laughs> 10 plus pain, Doug, and it was not fun. So when they go 1 to 10, you said 10 plus. I told them that. I said, this is 10 plus. They put me into the waiting room and said, somebody will be with you in a second, and I think I said in some way, F you. <laughs> yeah, I was just mad that I couldn't get on a flight like a couple nights ago, and I, I dropped an F you. You actually thought you were going to die, or or I, I think I felt like <laughs> You were in such pain. It was like, you know, the moment you, you've, you've seen Spaceballs, right? I have. At the end where the alien comes out of his thick guy's stomach at the <laughs> diner. That's what I felt like you looked like. Like some, some point the alien was going to come out of your, your, your stomach. And I apologize to what? you and to everybody for having to leave at such a sudden moment like that. I know there's a lot of I'm show sorry going I on. thought I was going to die, well, but I, 
and, and I left my post. Okay, you you didn't you weren't guarding like national secrets. You weren't protecting some army base, right? Like Ramos. I'm not trying to diminish your job, Ramos. Your job is important. Thank to us, you, but your health is more important. I appreciate that. So and, I'm uh, feeling better. I'm not 100, percent but I'm feeling better. Well. I mean, like, look, there's not a high percentage of you when you are 100%, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll play big deal, little deal, or no deal. It's a big deal. It's next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we try and find some interesting way to bring up topics you might have missed, stories that you might have passed over. We do it in game fashion. I got a big sack of games. Let's dig in. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. (laughs) Dan Beyer, who just tweeted out, uh, let's start the bidding for John Ramos. Kidding stone, kid kidney stone. Yeah, I didn't realize. Sorry, Doug. Sorry, I I I made a typo. Excuse me. I have since deleted it. So yeah, I meant kidney stone. But there was a lot going on in news. That's why probably why I made the error. Uh, The error. Yeah. An error. There. Error. 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 Well, I know. I know. Drink and drive, but error. I do tend to guzzle at stoplights. What do you got? Uh, in your sack today we've got. Oh. All right. Let's let's roll. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that I meant to write kidney stone and wrote kidding stone. A big uh, deal, little deal, or no, no deal. deal. No deal. I can't. I'm a terrible speller. I'm also a ter- terrible smeller. And the smeller is the feller. How about we start off with what happened last night in the uh, NBA playoffs? Not necessarily the Warriors beating the Spurs, but Kevin Durant apologizing, Doug. Yes. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Kevin Durant apologized for his comments on fans watching the NBA playoffs, saying, quote, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Durant said that he didn't mean to be disrespectful. Uh, Well, at least he didn't say no disrespect and then said something disrespectful, right? That's like no offense and then say something offensive. Um, Big deal that he apologized. I think it's a little deal, right? Like he said what he said. No yeah. one who turned off the game because it was a blowout was offended. Yeah, right? Like right. You're either in or you're out. He's not wrong. He probably shouldn't have said it, but it, it's also not going to keep anybody from watching the NBA Finals. I was going to watch the NBA Finals, but Kevin Durant scolded me <laughs> and told me to turn off. It was bad, so now I'm, I'm not out. going to. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not watching. Just disrespectful. Yeah, it was disrespectful. Uh, Let's stay with the Warriors. Uh, Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr still isn't sure if he'll be back for the NBA Finals. I think it's a big deal if he doesn't coach. I I think he's a demonstrably better coach than Mike Brown. I think they need him on the sidelines. I think he has the respect of everybody, especially of Draymond Green. Uh, Yeah, so it's a big deal that we don't know his status as we get ready for the finals. He still he says he's day-to-day. He told the undefeated that. But remember when this happened, Doug, he said that he wanted to make a decision early because they didn't want it to drag out. It's well, now it's out. dragged out, yeah, over the last two series and now into the NBA finals. I think it's because he feels so much better and he's surprised how quickly he feels better from that uh, previous procedure. That's, that's what I heard from my sources. Could be. John, do you still have the stone, by the way, or is it long gone? Yeah, I think it's a urologist. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I called my urologist. He put me on hold. Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones's gift of tickets to a game to the North Little Rock Police Department was viewed unethical. It was in December that Jones provided tickets and travel for 200 officers and their families to a game last year. Jones and the officers were busted by a blogger who monitors local government. Jones claims the gift wasn't a reward, but that's how it was reviewed. And now Jerry Jones unethical. Wait, because he left tickets for officers? Yeah, is that a big deal that he left tickets for them and allowed them to go to a Cowboys game? No, not not a big deal. If it's only if, if it's a quid pro quo, right? If it's a pay for play, if it's a you scratch my back, I scratch your back, then it would be. But you can leave tickets for police officers. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He was honoring them, and it's not like he's cruising to North Little Rock and he's got all these speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like I, I don't understand. Like these guys, military members get free tickets all the time. It's like. Does that mean that Jerry Jones wants to go attack a foreign land and then get, get the help of the military? I don't know. This shall be Jones land. Um, <laughs> there was already a Jones town. That didn't work out so well. Um, finally, it did not work out so well. Finally, was big, it the blue pill or the red pill? Which one? <laughs> um, big deal, little deal That, or by the no way, deal. is where the expression drinking the Kool-Aid comes yes, from. Yes, it does. John had a lot of Kool-Aid trying to pass that kidney stone over the last three days. <laughs> Enough with the kidney stones. What's your last Big story? deal, little deal, or no deal. More than 130 medals from the Rio Olympics have been returned because some are rusting and some have black spots on them. Perfect. That's a big deal because Rio is the ultimate disaster of Olympic sites. Uh, they should be placed in the middle of those uh, dormant stadiums in those crime-ridden areas in just an awful part of the world. Exactly. I mean, the Rio Olympics are just such like. Hey, here's my thing to LA. If you want the Olympics, that's fine, but don't like. Look, we're we're gonna do our thing. We're gonna have the Olympics. We're not building anything that we don't already have. We can Jimmy Riga Stadium and get it ready, and we'll be fine. Nobody has given a Schmidt about Paul Goldschmidt for a long time, but the Diamondbacks are different this year. Why? We'll ask him next. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of Angels, where they're used to being atop the NL West, right? Or it's supposed to be either the Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants. But it, it is neither. It's the team that everybody thought would make a run last year. Last year was kind of a disaster. Instead, it's been the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they've won three games in a row. Excuse me, the White Sox had come in winners of three games in a row. And uh, they ran into Zach Greinke in a buzzsaw last night, including our next guest, Paul Goldschmidt, perennial all-star for the Diamondbacks, joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Goldie, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Good, man. Uh, okay, so compare and contrast last year at this time. You guys had gone out and signed all that big-name pitching, all those big arms, and yet got off to just a clunker of a start with this year where you've won, I think, what, 9 of 11, 9 of 12 here. You guys rolling along in first place what what's it like in the clubhouse now as opposed to a year ago? Yeah, I mean, as you know, winning solves everything. So you have a lot more fun when you're winning. And, you know, we expected to win last year just as we've expected to win this year. And really every year I've been in the big leagues. And, you know, we just got off to a rough start. And honestly, when that happens, you're just trying to find a way to play better and, you know, correct mistakes. But whenever you're winning and playing pretty well, you know, you're you're doing those same things. You're trying to get better. But, you know, it's a lot easier to do, uh, try to improve after a win rather than a loss. As honestly as you can, there, there was some speculation, hey, maybe we should move Paul Goldschmidt because, I mean, honestly, you're underpaid. I mean, you took a deal when you weren't making anything, 
and you could have held out for more money, but you wanted to stay in Arizona. This is going back a couple years ago. So there's there was some talk, and look, a lot of it's just writers talking now. Says maybe they move on from Goldschmidt as good as he is because you could get so much in return. Did you hear any of that in the offseason? Um, well, I try to make it a really big point of mine not to read any articles, and I'm not on social media, so I don't hear any of it. Whatever is out there is out there, and you know, even if I did, and uh, you know, had people asking me about it, um, you know, that's out of my control. I just try to go out there. And, and play every day and, and prepare and you know hopefully i'll be here for a long time but if you know that's the decision that gets made you know that's out of my control and you know i'll just i'll just do the best i can so i mean i don't really worry about it it's, it's easier to say when you're not getting traded than you know when it is maybe about to happen but you know if, if i have to deal with that in the future i'll just do my best to try to ignore it and just do my job okay so you're not on social you are aware and you don't read articles you are aware of like the election and stuff like you're not completely obtuse to everything going on outside of the clubhouse are you uh, I do a really good job disconnecting, but I pay attention a little bit. Um, honestly, there's after everything going on and with the media and election and sports and everything, I've really just unplugged and you know I've enjoyed it that way and just I I'm really out of the loop on just about anything okay, now. So. so do you not care? Do you have like purpose. you like are, do you have your cell phone with you like uh, normally when you're walking around or do you like I'm gonna put it away. I ha- you know, like most guys that come into the clubhouse, right, and they pop on the phone and they, I mean, maybe they check their text. Like, how how disconnected are you? No, I mean, I have my phone on me. I, that would be awesome to disconnect. We went on vacation this year, and I didn't have it for two weeks, and it was amazing. But, unfortunately, you know, people are texting me, or family, or friends, so I'm on that. But I deleted, like, any news apps I had off my phone. And, um, really, you know, I still have my email, text, and phone. But besides that, uh, I'm really in, in, as disconnected as you be, can be. And when I get home, I turn my phone off and put it in the drawer, and then I usually turn it on because I have a little bit more free time when I'm, like, driving into the ballpark or, you know, after a game or before a game or something like that. But, you know, when I'm home, I try to really spend time with family and, and friends and disconnect as much as possible. Paul Goldschmidt joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I mean, you, you line out in the first inning, uh, then you hit, you hit a single wet in the fourth, and then – you know, later on in the game, you come up and you hit a home run to lead off the sixth inning, which is kind of the, the dagger in the heart. Uh, you know, I know there are different places in which guys see the ball, but it sure seems like at home you are you see you're seeing the ball really, really well. Is it, am I am I mistaken in saying that? Well, you know, it's it's happened that way so far this year. I think in the past, and I'm not a guy who looks at stats. I think I've been pretty consistent home and road, um, but. You know, you can't really argue with what's happened so far this year. You know, I've had a good start at home, and I think on the road, haven't done quite as well. But our place is a good place to hit, so I think everyone's stats kind of get, you know, brought up a little bit at home. we got a good hitter's eye. The ball flies really well, especially early in the season. You know, we got a fast infield, so got a lot of factors working in your favor. Um, but for me, it's just trying to have good at-bats and, and hit it hard and, you know, I think over the long run, it'll it'll equal out. Um, okay, but like the the numbers are crazy different. Like batting average, you're hitting three sixty seven at home, two thirty four on the road. O- OBP, like you're on base forty nine percent of the time at home, thirty nine percent of the time on the road. Like that's a stark, stark difference. And as you said, like that's not career. That's nothing. So is it? Are you doing anything differently at home? It just is it a sense of comfort? I mean, I I know the the fast infield is interesting because we don't talk enough about these little kind of intricate things that allow guys to hit better. But the, the numbers are really, uh, uh, I mean, they, they 
they're completely polar opposites of each other, home versus road this year. Eight home runs to three, home versus road. Yeah, you know, like I said I can't argue with it. I think over the, the course of the season, it'll even out. I'm not going to say it's going to be exactly the same. You know, it's nice sleeping in your own bed at home. We play at a, a hitter-friendly park, and so things like that are going to give you a slight edge. But I think as much of a difference as there's been, you know, we've played, you know, just thinking one bad road trip can kind of swing those numbers in a big way rather than when you look at it, when you're going to have 81 games at home and 81 on the road, hopefully it'll even out. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's just one of those things. If, if I was doing it every year, I'd probably have to admit and say, yeah, there's there's something about it. You know, I don't like playing on the road or something like that. But I think just looking back over year over year in my career, it's been more similar than it has been so far. A grinky, that, that's, I mean, like, that's what he got the money for was last night, right, where he – he, you know, he almost closed the thing out, what, eight and two-thirds. I mean, that felt like vintage Zach Grinke. You were behind him. What would you see? Yeah, of course. You know, I had to face him in L.A. for three years, and I don't know if we beat him in the three years he was there. I mean, he's, he was and, and still is one of the best pitchers in the game. So, you know, he struggled a little bit last year for us, and, um, you know, this year he's been lights out. He's been doing it really all year. I think he's just had really good command this year compared to last year, and that's what it was when he was with the Dodgers. and. The Angels in Milwaukee as well as, you know, as a hitter, you're going up there trying to look for a mistake, and you could have three, four bats and, and not even see one good pitch to hit. And then you start, you know, being overly aggressive, and then you start throwing a slider, and you start chasing. And so, you know, I've seen his command be back to what it was um, two, three, four years ago, and I think that's really been a difference for him. Hitting theory-wise, uh, Josh Donaldson says money's in the air. Stop talking about top half. Are you a, are you a top half of the ball guy, or are you a money's in the air guy? Uh, I would say I would like to just hit the ball hard and hit a line drive, and if it goes in the air, that's good. And if it, you know, happens to go on the ground, that's fine. I don't know any player that's ever said I'm going to try to hit a ground ball. I think, you know, some guys are now trying to hit more fly balls. And you know, the cool thing about baseball is there's a lot of different ways, um, a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different stances out there. Some guys try to go oppo. Some guys are pull. Some guys are, you know, hit a fly ball, line drive. I haven't heard many guys that are just trying to hit you know, ground balls all over the place. But the cool thing is you find out what works for you. And, you know, now playing with different teammates over the years, I've seen there's a lot of different ways to do it. And, and guys are getting similar results with a different thought pattern. And, you know, I think that's okay just because guys are thinking two different things. If that allows them to be successful, then, then that's going to work for them. How do you how do you handle – you said how you want to play in uh... – Paul Goldschmidt joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. You said, like, look, I'd, I'd love to play in Phoenix for a long time. You signed that long-term deal a couple years ago to keeps you there through 19. Um, but how do you handle the fact that, like, your numbers, if you could continue on this pace, those are Hall of Fame caliber numbers. How do you handle the fact that outside of hardcore baseball and, of course, uh, Diamondbacks fans, like, you're, you haven't, until this University of Phoenix campaign, you've kind of quietly gone about your business in the in the desert, like, does that, does that sit well with you? Are you, are you okay being, uh, production-wise, a superstar, but in terms of kind of mainstream media, being a guy like, I think I might have heard of him, but I don't know what he does? Yeah, honestly, I'd probably prefer it that way. I, I enjoy just going out there and playing and not dealing with the other stuff that, you know, off the field or having to go do a bunch of interviews all over the place. So fits my personality and you know my main goal is to go out there and just try to win the world series and help us win so um to not have to do some of the extracurricular stuff that people have to do and 
uh, some of the bigger markets is I see as a plus and I get more time with my teammates, more time with my family, more time with friends and, and doing the stuff I love. And so I have no problem with it. All right. So you went to it. It's now Texas state it used to be Southwest Texas state, right? You're Bobcat. Um, and, uh, you, you didn't finish up that you were three years. How many credit, do you remember how many credits short you were? Yeah, I did, I was doing pretty good. I needed 30 hours. So I just needed my whole senior year and, you know, Dimebacks drafted me and so I take that opportunity before, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to go back to my senior year and, and then, you know, wanted to go back to school and, you know, found an opportunity with the University of Phoenix uh, a couple years later and, and finished up my degree there. Did you get good grades at University of Phoenix? Like, I, like is it is it pass-fail or is it like ABC, you know, DF? No, I, no it's, it's legit. It's all, you know, I got all A's, so I, I'm going to brag on that right now since I got it and you know, get that out there. But, no, I mean, you get you – uh, they grade your papers. There's a lot more writing than it was at, at Texas State just because you're not sitting there in class and, you know, with a professor and there's a lot more tests. And so now we had a lot more papers and PowerPoints and stuff like that. So that was that was probably the biggest difference and a lot more reading reading of textbooks rather than, you know, listening to professors uh, talk up there in front of the class. Did you get a Letterman jacket? I mean, did, like, listen, if, if I, I don't know, if, like in your bio, it says you're an alum of Texas State. Uh, which you like technically, I guess you're an alum, you went there, but your alma mater is like, where do you consider yourself a graduate from? Like, are you University of Phoenix or are you Texas State? Like, which is it? Well, I, I attended both schools. I definitely graduated from University of Phoenix. That's where my degree's from. So if I'm going to go out there, I can't be lying on my resume. Um, so I got to, you know, say where my degree's from. But, um, you know, obviously went to Texas State for three years and got, you know, 75% of my hours there. And, you know, played baseball there and um, met my wife there. So I have a, a long history there. So it's kind of a little bit of both, but you know, just the way it worked out with being with the Dimebacks and, and not being able to go back to Texas State to finish up that senior year, I had to do it at University of Phoenix and transferred all my credits there. But, uh, you know, I'm very excited about that too. And, and it was the best opportunity for me to finish my degree. And, and, and that's what I want to do. And the University of Phoenix is a proud education partner of the Diamondbacks uh, together offering five full tuition scholarships, toward an undergraduate or master's degree for deserving individuals. Applicants must be a current resident of Arizona and reside uh, in the great state of Arizona. Uh, last thing, who owns you? There, there's Everyone has a guy who, when you see him on the hill, you're like, damn, I hate that guy. You mentioned Grinky when he was in L.A. You hated facing him. But, it, you know, he's it wasn't overwhelming stuff. It was just the ability to locate whose stuff really gives you or your inability to see it because of – uh, their release point. Who gives you the most problems? Oh man, there's plenty of guys out there. Uh, that's a good question. I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if there's one guy. I mean, I think if there's a guy that you're struggling with, um, you kind of take it as, you know, okay, let's find a way to get him rather than just kind of giving in. So I think the numbers ever come across the bottom of the screen and I happen to catch it, then it kind of uses a little bit of motivation. Um, and I know, you know, pitchers that I've had success off are doing the same thing. So I, I couldn't really tell you exactly who it is. I'm, I'm not a guy who looks at stats, but, it's, you know, things can turn. There's guys I've been really good off early in my career so lately and vice versa. Well, it's good to see you having back a great season. You guys are in second place with a bullet. You've won uh, six of your last seven games, nine of your last 12 games. Got to feel good to be winning as opposed to uh, that mess you went through last year. Best of luck to you throughout the season. We appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that's uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Didn't want to give us who was who would, who owned him. He's like, I got lots of guys. I like just the idea of, like, I try and just hit the ball really hard. That's such an awesome, 
Like there are guys who I, I I've seen Josh Donaldson do this breakdown on uh, MLB Network. He's like, hey man, money in the air. Get the anybody who's telling you hit top half, fire them as a hitting coach. And there are other guys like, no, top half, you get more line drives. You, Paul Goldschmidt's like, mm, I just like to hit line drives. I just like to hit the ball really, really hard, and good things happen. Makes sense to me. It makes sense to you too. Uh, the uh, the long running feud, our national nightmare, has officially come to an end. The fun is back in the no fun league. Wow, what a historic day this is! What happened? You'll find out next. But first, your life is never going to taste the same. That's because you, like me, are going to go and get a big green egg. You visit biggreenegg.com or find an authorized dealer. And here's where you're going to become the king of flavor, the maestro of any outdoor cookout. You can amaze folks with seared steaks at 750 degrees, roast a perfectly cooked chicken, and be the neighborhood pizza meister, the CEO of Low and Slow. You can even bake a pie in this thing. Look, this is grilling season, right? Once we get around Memorial Day, and obviously you can use it in the winter, but all the way to Labor Day, you're outside cooking. You don't want to be inside baking. You don't have to. Use the big green egg. You can grill. You can low and slow. You can bake. You can smoke. You can roast. From appetizers and entrees to desserts, the egg will exceed all expectations for culinary perfection. I love to eat. I like to cook, and you know what? I like to do it all in one spot, and you can too. Just get a big green egg. Go to biggreenegg.com or check out an authorized dealer, and you too can be a king of flavor like yours truly. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Our national nightmare is over. No, you still can't be a two-pump or three-pump chump. You cannot make sexually suggestive uh, celebrations in the end zone. But with that as the exception, the fun bunch is back. The mile-high salute is back. The dirty bird is potentially back. That's because the league will apparently allow group celebrations in the 2017 season. That from Tom Pelissero. Of Sports Illustrated, the league will also allow celebrations that include using the ball as a prop while the NFL is lightening up on its scoring restrictions. The league will still permit uh, will will still permit uh, offensive gestures that include prolonged acts, miming weapons, sexually suggestive acts that include uh, twerking, an act that led Antonio Brown to being fined several times last season. So there you go. Celebrations are back as long as they don't, as long as it's not a dude humping a goalpost or air or whatever. You can use the football as a prop. You just can't pretend like you're shooting anything because football cannons aren't fun. T-shirt cannons, fun. Football cannons, not fun. Got it? Good. I mean, this to me is the NFL is going the way of, of uh, of marijuana, right? The, mar- the the national marijuana policy. Like, what are we doing, right? Like, are we really... Marijuana is not legal in most states, but it's also 
been decriminalized. Uh, they're not completely decriminalizing from a football standpoint. Some of these celebrations, but like, look, if you want to have a good time and enjoy your teammates and spike the football or pass the football around like it's a hot potato and then some big fat lineman spikes it and you all fall down, like, all right, fine. They're really that big a deal. The prolonged acts. Here's the one that's going to get guys. People lost their mind over Cam Newton. Other football players had a problem with Cam Newton because he would. He was not just dabbing. You dance and then dance and then dab and then dance more and then dab. And they're like, dude, enough. Like, we got it. You got a first down. Congratulations. So uh, had they made them all legal, that would have been interesting. That would have been like complete legalization of drugs. Like the idea that if you legalize it, nobody will be like, ah. But I think they know that players are going to celebrate and they are going to plan. So we got to go like, hey. No essentially suggestive stuff, and let's keep it moving here, right? If you have a plan, you know, you got a plan, play it out. If you don't, let's move on. Yes, Ryan. Do you see a possible unintended consequence of this being later in the CBA, the NFL using this against them and being like, look, we let you celebrate, so quit asking for marijuana or something like that? No, I don't think this is a – I don't think this is a – if they would have done that, they would have done that in the last collective bargaining agreement. I just think they they understand how ridiculous they look and that there are much more important things to police than, you know, guys using a football as a prop. Like, that's just a dated idea. I, I don't know who the first person to go like, I don't like this football with a prop thing. <laughs> I don't I don't like the group celebrations. Like, so you'd rather a guy celebrate by himself? A look at me? Like, well, No. I'd rather them just throw the ball back to the the umpire, the back of the end zone. That's my dorky football talk guy, by the way. That's my favorite guy. What do you mean? I didn't notice any yeah, difference. Well, yeah, I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, do you think this was the timing of it a little bit with the Tom Brady, the Giselle no. comments, Calvin no. Johnson? No, no diversionary tactics. No, here? they have no. They have they have league meetings right now. That's all. League. They're gonna they're gonna cut overtime. Keep moving. They're going to. And you know, here, here's another thing is. They're also, by eliminating some of these celebration penalties, also keep the game moving. Now, we don't have to, like, touchdown, unsportsmanlike, you know, unsportsmanlike, on the offense, it'll be addressed with the, the extra point. Like, let's just, let's get it on with. Get on with it. So, I, I think the timing is only suspicious if you're not paying attention to the fact that the NFL are having their annual meetings right now, and that's when rules are being changed, rules are being discussed. And uh, if you didn't think that we were wanting for some sort of sports news, I would, I would just give you these two stories, that this is a big story, and the NFL, like there's been like, I don't know, 10 overtimes last year, and it's a big story that they're eliminating five minutes from the overtime, even though a lot of the overtimes end on the first possession anyway, if not the second possession. We just want our NFL news. That's that's good. My thing previously was I didn't like the rules, but I also, like Antonio Brown, I don't feel bad for you if you get fined once and they tell you, like, hey, dude, you can't just be twerking. Like, we're going to fine you again. Then you twerk. You're like, why are you you finding me? Like, we told you we were going to. If you have an issue with it, take it up with your with your union, which is probably what happened. They're like, let's just make some sense of it. Football's supposed to be fun. 
Who do you think's going to take the most advantage of it out of the players who like to celebrate? So you got like Odell does a lot of celebrating. Gronk has his Gronk spike. You said Antonio Brown. Maybe I like Des Odell, Bryant. but Odell's thing with the kicking net was just stupid last year. I was so <laughs> dumb with that. Like the first time it was okay after that. Who's going to take most advantage of it? The wide receivers. Who do you think? Wide receivers. The most, the, the most twerking and demonstrative is when a guy gets a sack, right? You should get a penalty for celebrating if your team is down more than a touchdown. That should be an abs- That should be a, a rule. Like if you're down ten points in the fourth quarter and you get a sack because they're trying to run out the clock and you start dancing, like dude, you should, you should get a penalty. What about celebrating? Like you said, first downs in general can't celebrate a first down either, even if it's like a crucial first down. I don't know. Julio Jones's catch in the Super Bowl, <laughs> you can that that you could so that you could stop the game and hand him the game ball. <laughs> but uh, I just again, it's the. It's a little bit like the definition of pornography. You know it when you see it, right? Like, you know what an over-the-top celebration of a basic first down is when you see it, you know? Second and seven, pass over the middle, first down at the 35-yard line. You're like, all right, really? Did you have to stand up and point first down? Like, well, he was talking trash to me. Like, and? Uh, The NFL Network has its top 100 players of 2017. While we will try, 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 try to not take the bait. What is the bait? Find out after we find out what's trending. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. <laughs> Looks like Chris Bosch moving towards an agreement uh, to shore up that contract with the Miami Heat. Of course, he wanted to play the start of the year. I know he wanted to play at the end of this year with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we'll find out if what that means as far as Chris Bosh. Will he ever play again? But it looks like it'll provide some cap relief to the Miami Heat, which put them back on the market uh, in a decent, not great, free agent year. Miami Heat, kind of a surprise team. Once they had some injuries at midseason, still nearly made the playoffs. Right, more on that to come. Dan Byer, I'm sure, will give you some of that information at the bottom half or excuse me, top half of the hour. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I want to not take the bait. Because that's what this is. Every year at this time, the NFL knows that we're at a little bit of a lull, right? OTA is getting ready to take place. Draft has already taken place. There's no fantasy football. Baseball's, eh. NBA even, we're still getting ready for the NBA Finals. And they smartly like, hey, you know what? Let's put out our top 100 list. It is bait. It is catnip to the hot take masses. That's what it is. And I want so badly to not take that bait. I want to be the donkey that doesn't care about the carrot. I just do. Because it's an impossible job to take all the positions on a football field, grade each player at those positions, taking into context the team they play for, the uh, talent around them, the style of of offense or defense in which they play in, as well as their overall talent, then compare it to a different player from a different team in a different position and say who's better. Like, I'll give you an example. Andrew Luck is 51. All we have is 51 through 100. Now, I don't know what you think of Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck is, in fact, a franchise quarterback. My guess would be 
outside of the Green Bay Packers and maybe, maybe the New England Patriots. Maybe. If you were starting over, Andrew Luck would be between the third and fifth pick in the draft. That's how good he is, or potentially how good he is. So he's coming off of a bad year. He was not great. Two years ago, he was bad, and he was injured. Last year, he was just not good, right? But their team also wasn't good. Doesn't have great talent around him. Doesn't have a great offensive line. Frank Gore's a million years old. But Andrew Luck is 51. Like, right there, your list is erroneous. I can't name 50 NFL players that it would be smart to say I would rather have than Andrew Luck. And it's voted on by the players, but I, I'm going to admit it's an impossible job. It's an impossible job. Phillip Rivers is 73. Uh, I'm not a big Alex Smith fan, but he's 81. The idea that you can find 80 dudes off the street to be better than Alex Smith or in a more important position, you can't. So how do you judge, how do you grade on the curve of importance of the quarterback position? Adrian Peterson is at 98. That's that He's all because of name. But I look, I want to go and hold on now. You got Des Bryant behind uh, Amari Cooper. Like one, I think it's the NFL, the players starting to understand, they vote on it. The players starting to understand that Des is a little bit past his prime, has been banged up, had the two foot operations going back two years ago. But how do you judge a tight end like Greg Olson, incredibly important part of what the Carolina Panthers do against a quarterback like Jameis Winston or a cornerback like Josh Norman or a quarterback like Kirk Cousins? You can't. So I want to go through this list and tell you what is erroneous about the list. But even in describing the list and talking about the list numbers, it just gets me too fired up. And I realize that it it accomplishes its task. And I don't want it to accomplish its task. I don't think there is any good rating system for all players in the National Football League. I think you have to rate guys based upon the position they play, the money they make, how old they are. Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston right now. But I'd rather have Jameis Winston for the next seven or eight years than I would Phillip Rivers. And how do you judge Phillip Rivers when he's lost Keenan Allen to start the year both of the past two years? And he's had an awful offensive line. They try to continue to rework. And Melvin Gordon was bad two years ago. Good this past year, but he didn't have Antonio Gates also the first four games of the season. Like, how do you judge? Phillip Rivers is good, man. I'm a long-suffering Charger fan, and that guy has, has carried them offensively for years. Yes, Ryan. Because this is voted on by the players, do you think that there's some animosity here with like everyone been talking about how great Andrew Luck is, and so they kind of wanted to knock him down a few pegs, or maybe the same can be said for like uh, Des Bryant? Maybe it's more personal than logical. Well, this reminds me of the NCAA selection committee. Okay, the selection committee for college basketball. We're told they have these this S curve, and it it works somehow to put together all these different factors, right? The factors are strength of schedule, home versus road, uh, wins versus top 25, wins versus top 50, win versus 100, 100 plus, 200 plus, 300 plus, et cetera, et cetera. But the end of it, it all comes down to whatever each individual member of that committee thinks is the most important thing or thinks like 
Who do I think is better? You know, I, I go back two years ago, Michigan made the NCAA tournament as one of the, the first four. And I was on Selection Sunday. And I continue to make a point like, hey, they lost 11 games by 10 points or more. So, like, we can talk about all these other factors, but, like, if you lose by 10 points or more in college basketball, that's essentially getting blown out. You're not good. And if that happens 11 times in a year, my, my senior year, I, I, I could look it up, I think we lost by 10 points or more once. Like, I can remember five games in my three years at Oklahoma State in which we lost by 10 points or more. And I think it might not even be five. I think, like, so my point is that even though that's not technically a metric, if I was in that selection room, I couldn't in good conscience, if it was close, put Michigan in because I just look like, dude, you guys got blown out 11 times. Like, no thanks. The same thing is true here with these types of lists. Like Kirk Cousins, for example, is uh, number 70. Kirk Cousins is coming off a year in which he threw for, uh, uh, Ryan, take a guess without looking. I see you looking at your computer. You're looking. How many yards do you think Kirk Cousins threw for last year? 4,200. Uh, Ramos, over or under 4,200? I would say over. Okay. Uh, over or under 4,500? Ramos. Uh, I would say under. Okay. What about, so, Ryan, you got 42. How about, I believe it was like 4,900 yards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nearly 5,000 yards passing. And, and look, uh, you know, one of the stories of the day is that they're still really not convinced this is who he is in D.C. That's why... Um, uh, that's why Bruce Allen, who's the president of the team, said, you know, like, hey, we could franchise him next year. Like, we still, we're not just giving again and give him a game of chicken. We're not just going to give him a new contract because he had a, statistically had a great year last year and the year before he led us to the playoffs when they did not beat a team with a winning record. 4,917 4, yards. That's what he threw for. 25 touchdowns. Um, so m- my point is, like, if you're voting on this, could you use like, well, hey, I think his coach is a quarterback guru. His offensive coordinator was Sean McVay, who's now a head coach. Like, they didn't have a running game, so the stats are skewed. Like, I just, I'm not buying it. I'll put him at, like, you can use whatever factor you want when you're voting. You can be told, well, it's based upon, is it based upon this coming year? Is it based upon last year? Is it based upon how good you think somebody is? There is no definable metric when you have individuals voting. So it's catnip to the masses. I'm sure you're fired up about it. Your guys rank too low. Everybody hates your guy except for you. If Aaron Rodgers isn't number one, list shouldn't exist. Right? Shouldn't exist. He won't be. Brady will probably be one. But he shouldn't. It shouldn't exist. Nick Wright called me out. I'll tell you why he's wrong. Next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio rolls on. Uh, Love our lineup. Got a chance to hang out with JT the Brick last night in Vegas as he was broadcasting from Top Golf. Uh, I am first team all Top Golf, by the way, based upon my performance last night. Available for your Top Golf fantasy draft. And uh, it's uh, Doug Gottlieb. Um, So got a chance to hang out with JT. I've always always been a JT fan. And... um, you know, obviously, you start off the day with Clay Travis, who, when he's uh, he's <laughs> when he's not talking Predators, he does a really, really good show. Predators and likely Penguins, right? Penguins close out tonight. Is that right? The pre- predators and Penguins are well. 
penguins are not predators. So that's interesting. Right? Just, Nashville predators, like a group of them, like what is the actual animal? It's interesting, isn't it? Because anything could be anything that's a carnivore could be a predator, technically. I got a buddy who lives in Pittsburgh, has great seats. I might, I got it. Everybody says, like, it's bucket list. You got to go. Like, mm, I don't know. I might, might do it. Anyway, we got a great lineup from all, starting with Clay to Dan Patrick to Colin Cowherd. Uh, I think, you know, we had something a little bit different. And uh, Jason Smith on overnights and, of course, JT and others. Uh, so every day we try and play for you a piece of sound that drew our attention. We agreed with or disagreed with. And we call it, What Did the Fox and Say? And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Nick Wright from, um, what's the new show going to be called? First Things First yeah, on Fox Sports 1 premiering this fall. He was on with Colin Cowherd before this show. And he had this to say about a conversation he and I had, private conversation, become public in the cafeteria. I said this to Doug in person in the cafeteria earlier, so I'm going to say it again. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, but, and I love Doug. Doug, I'm so glad we hired him, and this isn't taking a shot, but it's a little bit of a shot. The, Doug, the, only, the only sports argument Doug makes that isn't an intellectual one and is an emotional one is this. Is this one. It's for two reasons. One, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And Michael Jordan is tied up in Doug's youth and childhood, and his Doug is in his family are so tied to basketball. And the other one is the things Doug was great at are the things Jordan was great at. Doug was amazingly uh, precise with his footwork. He was amazingly technical, a great competitor. Doug doesn't love the guys who are just bigger and stronger than everyone, because when he played ball, he wasn't bigger and stronger than everyone. This- you like the guys that that remind you of yourself. No kid, that's why I like you so much. No You're doubt. so that's, smart. Thanks, thank you, Colin. So, yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> like, so listen, that's fine. You, you're right. I mean, we can play that game, the idea that, oh, Jordan never disappeared like that, and we can just make believe. We can pretend that when Jordan, the closeout game of the NBA Finals in 1996, when George, the Bulls go up 3 nothing, 72 win Bulls, George Carl, the brilliant coach George Carl, doesn't have Gary Payton guard Jordan for the first three games of the series. <laughs> Game four, he's like, hey, Gary, why don't you go ahead and we'll try that. Jordan's terrible. Terrible. He was terrible the final three games of that series. He shot 30%, but he shot the ball 62 times. <laughs> so people are like, oh, he didn't disappear. No, they are different guys. One guy happens to be better. You and I agree on who that guy is. But by the what's going to happen in the series? I mean, the Cavs will win tonight and day and a half. Yeah, they will. I wish we had time for the other one. Yeah, that was very deep on Doug Gottlieb. That was uh that was uh, Doug knows I love him. Doug no, Doug's a but mentor. What of mine. you basically said is that Doug doesn't like the big stronger guys. He likes the grinders and Jordan was a grinder cuz yeah. Doug was a grinder. Uh yeah, I I I would never put my name and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. I I think that's a these are uh, non sequiturs. Like my my comparison and my comparing and contrasting Jordan and LeBron has nothing to do with my game. Right? Like my game was more Steve Nash without a jump shot meets Matthew Delavadova. Right? Let's let's just call it like it is. Right? Or we're you know, Rondo without the length that Rondo like I have big hands, Rondo has baseball mitts uh, as hands. Neither of us could shoot, both of us could dime. He's obviously a better defensive player. Like that would be a more so that has nothing to do with Jordan. Uh, and he's not wrong about Jordan and and Seattle. What he's wrong about, though, is that we it's like he's in denial of what everyone saw from LeBron the other night. 
we have the sound of J.R. Smith, right? Like, J.R. Smith said, like, hey, if there's one thing he's got to have, it's confidence. I, I got the quotes right here. You don't even need to bring it up. I, I have them in front of me. This is what J.R. Smith said about LeBron and what he needs to do heading into game four. I mean, I never had a problem with that confidence. I've been confident every time I've stepped on a court, whether I've been falling out of bounds or shooting a free throw. Confidence is something I never lack. That's my job as his teammate and as his friend to make sure he stays confident in what he does. And, you know, just trying to get him out of it. Like I'm not in denial of this. I'm not. This is not emotion. This is not me making it up. LeBron James is the best all-around player in the world. I'm not disputing that. What I have said is the difference in LeBron and Michael Jordan ha- is, was, has always been really twofold. One, LeBron will lose. if they, Once a series, in a big series, he'll lose confidence in that jump shot. I don't know how it's possible, but he will lose it. And then, two, the last two minutes of the game, yes, Jordan would struggle at times. And Jordan is the opposite. Had to learn to pass as opposed to LeBron had to learn to score. Jordan always wanted the ball. Always. And in basketball, and maybe this is ingrained in me for my 40 years of life, the best player has the ball at the end of the game. You got to throw him the basketball. Good things happen when the best player, like, that's what good coaching is. Good coaching is like, hey, who's the best player? Get him the ball. And Jordan found more ways to make shots for himself or for others as opposed to LeBron, who lacks confidence at times, which is just astounding. It's it's like an anxiety disorder. He's changed his free throw form 16 times, or free throw routine, 16 times this year. I'm not making this up. I'm not emotional about it. I'm not tied to history. I grew up watching Jordan. I grew up watching Magic. Like, Magic was unbelievable. Magic wanted the ball. Magic had the baby sky hook. He had a bank shot falling out of bounds against the Boston Celtics. You always felt like Magic would find a way at the end of a game, and you're not sold on LeBron doing that. I don't care what anybody says. I've watched. But I do like Nick Wright, and I like that uh, he thinks of me as (laughs) Jordan-esque. That has never been said ever about, well, my son and I, we play, we have a court at my house, and I lower the hoops, and on that court alone, playing with my son's eight-year-old basketballs, uh, I am Jordan-esque. Tongue out, hanging on the rim, Jordan early days, dunking on everybody. And that's what the Fox said. Joe Lacob, of the, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, speaking some truths about how the Warriors feel about the Cavs. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Jordan-esque. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the City of Angels. Mm-mm-mm. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We got OP upcoming next. Olden Polonies get his thoughts on last night's game, whether or not the Spurs can reinvent themselves. Tonight's game, the Cavs going to eliminate, well, they can't eliminate the Celtics, but... Uh, Put the, put a commanding three to one lead. We nobody comes back from three to one. Well, okay, but it just happened one. Well, actually, happened twice last year. Anyway, could uh, have a commanding three games to one lead. What's the line on tonight's game? Do you guys know? We were uh, a lot of people made some cash, obviously, on the line the other night. It was seventeen points. 
And uh, boy, the money line would have been great. What, what is it, Ryan? 15 and a half in favor of the Cavaliers. I'd take, I'd take Cleveland. Really? Yeah, I would take Cleveland. I'd, I'd take Cleveland. You thinking it's going to be 20? I would th- I'm thinking it's going to be like 30. Remember, they were, remember they were up 20. 30. They were, they were up 20, 21 points and kind of and got selfish. And uh, and like, look, I like Marcus Smart, but he ain't making seven threes in another game. So I don't know where the offense is coming. I mean, Jonas Urepko, they had to, he actually had to blow the dust off of his body. He'd been sitting there so long. <laughs> Actually, Brad Steven goes, Jonas, you're in. He's like, me? No. <laughs> really, me? No. Me? No. And then he's like, Jonas, you're in. Okay. You sure? Right? Yeah, that's what happened. From our good friends at Bovada. Yeah. Celtics plus 1,000 on the money line. Cavaliers minus 2,200. Okay, so let me get this straight. So if I – do we have anybody who knows about betting? Apparently here, like, well, I know, I definitely know Cavaliers. So you bet twenty two hundred dollars for them to win, and you only win a hundred. Yeah, that doesn't sound like smart. I mean, it sounds like an easy way to win a hundred bucks, right? But it also sounds like an easy way to lose twenty two hundred. Yeah. So if you bet a, if you bet a hundred, you win a thousand. I believe that's so. So it's like ten to one odds. Yeah. Hmm. Why don't they just say that? Make it easier. I mean, I was told there'd be no math. And even if they do have math, like this feels like algebra, algebraic of, uh, equation. Joe Lacob's uh, one of the owners of the Golden State Warriors. And I thought this was interesting what he had to say. Um, he said, look, we were the better team, but they did win. We need a chance to go in there and prove that. Lacob, uh, Lacob's talking about the Cavaliers. You know, they... 73 win season, up three games to one, blew that lead, didn't win the championship, and now Joe Lacob is saying, hey, we were the better team, but we didn't win. And I tend to agree with him. And what happens is like, fan gets caught up in like, well, if you were the better team, you would have won the series. Like, but that's not the better team doesn't always win. It just doesn't. Um so I think this is like it's we're not going to completely forget how bad the playoffs were but we'll mostly forget because the two teams themselves don't really like each other the two teams have faced each other in the last two finals the owner of one team is like hey we owe them and then Ennis Cantor who of course plays for the Thunder just got out of Romania by way of uh, London and Singapore and Indonesia whatever he joined us earlier. He had this to say about why he is a member of the Thunder, why he wants the Cavs to win. First of all, I don't want Golden State to win a championship because we don't like Golden State, by the way. We, I want Cleveland to win a championship. But whatever. I mean, he's, of course, he's no question he's one of the best players in the league, and there's no question about that. But, like, I mean, of course, I want Cleveland to win a championship. Yeah, I want them to win a championship. I want them to beat the Golden State Warriors. We don't like the Golden State Warriors. Like, Teams in the league, obviously the Thunder, but some teams in the league don't like Steph, don't like the Warriors. Clippers don't like the Warriors either. Plenty of teams don't like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they respect the Cavs, but I don't think they necessarily like the Cavs. Right, so you got you got some stuff working here. And I think it's great. But it is tedious waiting for that day. Right, This is like the, the two weeks before the Super Bowl. It's like, can we get... 
on with it already. Just get on with it already. Yes, Ryan. Since the NBA Finals date is, for the most part, already set. No, it's not for the most part. It is set. Well, I mean, but before the series are even finished, are you slightly upset that this Eastern Conference series got extended that extra game? Or would you have just dealt with the fact that there was going to be a long layoff either way? Well, you're going to deal with the fact. I just I thought it was awesome that they came back. There was there were three things that I picked up from that from Game Three, which are problematic for the Cavs in order to beat the Golden State Warriors. And the first one was the LeBron thing, and you can say like what LeBron thing? He had a bad game. Like, nah, dude, he looked out of he looked different. As much as he looked different early, like against the Pacers, to where he felt they felt like he was just toying with the Pacers. Like, all right, well, I'm going to shoot a jump shot now. Nothing you can do. Splash. Now I'm going to drive. Nothing you can do. I'm going to drive in. Everybody's going to help him to kick out. Like, he, he was at peace with himself. As comfortable as he was at times in this series and against the Pacers, he was equally uncomfortable the other night. That's a problem. Second problem was, and this, I do think better competition alleviates some of this, but they, uh, they got selfish at both ends. But they got selfish offensively, and everybody tried to win the game on their own. And then the last thing was, J.R. Smith kept getting lost defensively. And you just, at some point, you get to you get to a point where you're like, look, I know the guy makes shots, but I can't have him in late in the game if he's just going to get lost and pick up the wrong guy. You pick one guy picks up the wrong guy, and that screws the other four guys up. They're like, well, wait, who's guarding him? And then somebody starts running, the next guy starts running, and now you're in Chinese fire drill mode. So uh, did I want it to be over with? Like, I didn't really care, but I actually learned a lot from that game. A lot from that game. Those three things especially. Uh, 877-996-6369 is the phone number. You know, I, I was watching Undisputed earlier this week, uh, earlier today. And you can hear that on Sirius XM channel 83, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, along with Joy Taylor. Shannon had this to say about his belief in the truth of the NBA's Western Conference. If LeBron goes 12-0 in the East, the competition is inferior. The Warriors go 12-0 in the West, no Nurkic in Portland. George Hill missed the majority of that series. He did. Kawhi, Tony Parker, David Lee. Maybe the outcomes are the same. Why don't they get the harsh criticism that LeBron receives in the East? Because if you call the East the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. I'm going to call the West the Western Conference. Did you actually think, you to oh, the West is so tough. Well, how tough is the West? If every team they played, they swept the number two seed, they swept the number eight seed, and the five seed. I don't think the Western Conference is going to catch on. I just, I'm going <laughs> to go work. out and let me hear. Like, I just like, like there, there's somewhere. There's a room full of people that's like, all right, guys. So let's think of ideas here on uh, demeaning phrases towards the NBA's Western Conference, like uh, the Western Conference. Like, come on, man. Nope. Nope. Is it is it possible that he's not wrong about his take, <laughs> but he's also he's he's conflating. He's in in the context of this year, and even if you go back two years ago when they won the championship, everybody was hurt. But LeBron's been in the East his entire career and the Eastern Conference. It's actually better this year in many ways than it's been, but it's always been inferior by comparison to the Western Conference. Always. 
since LeBron, you know, in the LeBron James era. What were you saying? I was just going to say, there's a good chance that someone threw that out there and then they're like, all right, let's put that on the back burner. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's five minutes to showtime. Did we come up with any more ideas? All right, Western Conference it is. Whatever. Let's roll. Mm. I don't know if that's that's how it happened. You don't think so? I, that's just one of those ones where you're you, you, like, this is where you have to be a real TV professional. When somebody goes like, I, I, I didn't hear Skip's response, but Skip probably handled it like a true pro. My would have handled it like, you want to, you want, you want to like do the, like the, uh, the Austin Powers thing. We'll give you like three different quips and we'll try and pick one that's better. Right. Cause that one, you want like a take two, like take two, Lester. Lester and Conference. No, the Lester and Conference is take one. Give me a take two. The Lest in the West? No, no, no. We need a third one because the first two really suck. <laughs> yeah, Joe Lacob's like, oh, yeah. one another shot. Like, I, I get it. It's your money. It's your team. But, like, really? Like, what revenge do you get? I don't know. I struggle with this whole fan... And I know that he's not a fan. It's his money. It's his team. It's different. But it's not like you're getting revenge. Right? Steph Curry's getting revenge. Clay Thompson's getting revenge. The rest of the Warriors get revenge. We still don't know what happens with Steve Kerr. Going to get his revenge on Dan Gilbert. Anyway. Uh, Coming up next, Olden Polonies will join us. Is the West the Lest? I don't know. I tried. Tried to use it. And does he see what I see in LeBron or, frankly, what J.R. Smith sees in LeBron? Some sort of weird lack of confidence at bizarre times in the playoffs. That's upcoming next. But first, your life will never taste the same. Become the king of flavor, the maestro of an outdoor cookout. Amazed with steak seared at 750, heck, 800 degrees. Look, I love grilling. It is grilling season. But this is more than just a grill. It's a big green egg. Go to visit uh, visit biggreenegg.com and find an authorized dealer near you. Here's what the big green egg is, right? So it's a big green egg, but you can grill on it like steaks, chops. I actually like to grill swordfish on it. You can go low and slow style and cook something all day. You know, some of that uh, brisket that's just so tender or ribs that you can peel off the bone with a fork. You can bake. You you can bake anything from cookies to pies, whatever. You don't have to heat it indoors. You can smoke. You can roast. You can just have amazing results on anything you want to cook. All outdoors, all very simply done. Visit BigGreenEgg.com or visit an authorized dealer near you. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. When you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. J.R. Smith says something really interesting, and I want to get Olden Polonis' opinion on it. He's going to join us in a second. Olden Polonis, of course, was in the league for 15 years. Fox Sports Radio, uh, NBA analyst. And uh, J.R. was talking about LeBron. Uh, LeBron had uh, zero points, 0-4 shooting. Of two from three, two turnovers, one rebound, one assist in the final 16 minutes, 31 seconds in the, in the game. Take a listen to what J.R. Smith said that LeBron James needs to do. You got to be more aggressive, get downhill, play like you've been playing, um, play confident. That's my only thing. Um, when people are pissed at you, well, 
only like three, but people like him, you got to play confident the whole night and uh, play aggressive. I mean, it's these are conference finals. Um, it's not enough but for him. Uh, for what he does, what he brings, it's not enough. He knows that. Uh, we know that. And, uh, just expecting him to be better on game four. That was J.R. Smith yesterday. Let's welcome in Olden Polonese, Fox Sports Radio NBA analyst. Olden, when I hear that, it's J.R. telling us what we all think at times that LeBron like has this, I don't know if it's anxiety, but he loses confidence in his jump shot and just kind of shuts down. Is that what you saw the other night? I saw a little bit of that, and it surprised me that J.R. pointed it out and referenced it. But we've seen this for so many years now. We saw it when... He was losing against Boston, and he had that other um, thing that he used to do, which is to you know bite his fingernails on the bench all the time. So there's there's something going on with him that's you know we've seen over the years, even though he's won championships and everything else. But I think it's started with the free throws, and you know he has really been bad at the line, and maybe it's just, now it's taking a toll mentally because he's thinking about it. And it does happen, you know, golfers go through it, you know, and so athletes of all kinds, you know, we have moments of weakness and he probably had one the other night, but I don't think it's, it's anything to worry about the way they're going to lose the series, but it makes it interesting though. (laughs) It also makes it though that we got to pay, I mean, everything obviously is focusing on the next series and I know they have to win two more games before they get to that next series. But, you know, you, 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 they're not going to beat the Golden State Warriors if he goes through any sort of spell of a lack of confidence, are they? Oh, no, not at all. The Warriors will be the first team to go 60-0 if that happens. So they're going to definitely have to bring their A game. And the thing about it is this, too. You know, they wouldn't make it shot. And the Warriors are a way better defensive team. So I'm, I can't say that the Cavaliers have been playing great basketball. It's the fact that their opponents haven't been playing well. And it wasn't until the other day that Boston actually played a good game. And so to me, you know, and I've seen that pretty much the whole playoffs. You know, I saw it against Toronto, especially against Toronto. Toronto just laid egg after egg. And to me, you can't play the Warriors like that because they either number one or number two in in defense, Mm -hmm. and they were number one in offense. So it's a tall task to think that you're going to beat that team playing the way you are right now. Even though they've won games and they've won by blowouts, I still don't think they're playing their best basketball. Let me ask you, let's stick with, for a second, Old Polonese joining us. Let's stick for a second with the Cavs they play tonight. Three things I saw that that are a little bit alarming to me in getting ready for the Warriors. One, the LeBron thing. Two, they got selfish, man. They got up 21, and they all kind of started to go for theirs, right? Everybody's going to go get a bucket, and mm-hmm. that's that's not when they're – they don't really have that. They don't have shot creators outside of Kyrie and and LeBron. And then the third thing was J.R. got lost several times at the end of that game, especially on the last play. He was supposed to switch and didn't, and they got all confused and went Keystone Cops. Like, it almost tells me, like, as much as J.R. helps you on offense, he gets lost on defense. You can't have him in in a big situation. Those are my three big takeaways going, looking forward towards the Warriors for the Cavs. Do you, did you see anything? I saw the same thing, and that, not just JR. I mean, we already know uh, Kyrie is not a very good defender. Kevin Love is not a very good defender. And, again, those are the things. The Celtics 
weren't able to take care, take advantage of those situations in the first two games at home. And the other night they were able to, because one of the things, you know, I thought it was a blessing in disguise with um, Isaiah being hurt because they were forced to go bigger. And that made a big difference as well, you know, and, Again, they made shots. It's 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 a different story when shots are dropping and when they're not dropping. But you're right. Jr. gets lost a lot because you know he's not a defensive guy. He doesn't have the mindset of a defensive player. He's strictly an offensive guy. Every nine and he'll give you a defensive play, but that does not make him a defensive player. And so again, those are the things that the uh, Cavaliers have to be aware of moving forward. But they still got to get through this series. And, again, who knows what's going to happen, you know. Let's say the Celtics win tonight. Come on. We might see some pressure on the Cavaliers now. They're not winning tonight. (laughs) Stop it. Come on. (laughs) Olden Olden Polonies coming up with imaginary scenarios. I mean, it could, but, I mean, like, Marcus Smart ain't hitting seven more threes if you – you know, they. I. I said hey, this. Hey, when Brad Stevens. Sometimes when you have nothing to lose. Yep. <laughs> things happen. Hey, when he when when Brad Stevens went and put Jonas Jurebko in, even Jonas Jurebko was like, "Are you sure? You sure you want to put me in?" Anyway. But you know what? He made a difference. No, now, I know he did. He was great. Was, because he started talking trash, and I think that kind of like set a tone for them as well. Not to say that it's going to happen again, but you know, those are the things that you got to do in the playoffs. To, yeah. to have a chance to win. And in the first two games, none of that was happening. They basically got punked. They all got punked the first two games. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with you. Olden Polonies joining us. All right, let's go to last night. Um, feels like Manu is going to call it a career. He's like, well, you know, I could do either. I could do whatever. I love Manu. But now Manu potentially calling a career. Duncan Dunn. Tony Parker blows out his uh, his quad tendon. That That sounds like a tough rehab. I know they have Kawhi. It doesn't feel like they love what LaMarcus is at, at the top of the league, either defensively, offensively. He's kind of a center now based upon how people are playing. Like, if this is act, I don't know, two or three or whatever from the Spurs, what's the next act? How do they remake it with the departures or imminent departures of some of their older legends? Well, they're going to keep doing what the San Antonio Spurs have always done. You rebuild from within, and they're just going to – give more responsibility to the younger guys. And who knows, R.C. Buford might mess around and make a trade for somebody. But the Spurs are a team, they rarely make trades. You know, everything is always from within. And I'm sure they'll probably go get somebody in the draft. They're very good at that. Again, it's a system. This system has worked for over 20 years. And it's going to continue to work because, Everybody knows their roles, and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's unfortunate the injuries happen. We would have had a different series. I feel, I feel the Warriors probably still would have won, but it would not have been a sweep. Yep. And, again, like the first game of 25, Kawhi doesn't go out. They win that game. And so, but they're they okay. You know, Kawhi's going to come back. And, again, like I said, you know, DeJounte Murray, he's playing well. Kyle Anderson's coming up. I think they got to give him a bigger role. So they're going to be fine. Spurs are always one of the teams I never worry about. All right, let's let, let's talk the Golden State Warriors. Uh, my concerns are as follows. Uh, one, in, you mentioned game one that, that the Spurs probably would have won had Kawhi not gotten hurt. 
Kevin Durant struggled on the boards, and he's not a natural rebounder, not a natural defensive player, even though he's probably better defending the rim than he's been at any time in his career. I thought that got exposed a little bit. Um, I feel like their bench is still kind of a mishmash. Like, I, I don't I, – I feel like the Cavs have the advantage on the bench. And then there's Clay Thompson, who is kind of curiously absent, and then when he plays with the bench, he shoots every time he gets the ball because – uh, he's, he's a little bit thirsty. What are your thoughts on the Warriors heading into the NBA Finals for the third consecutive time? Well, you know, we, we watched them sweep through the playoffs so far, and everybody's, you know, yeah, they're going to do it again. But I still I look at, you know, like we do as former players, you, know, you see the little things that go on, like all the things you pointed out. Um, you know, yeah, the bench is not as strong as it could be, but with a starting unit like they have, by the time you get to the bench to where you worry about the bench, they're probably up 20 points. So it's a non-issue. I do believe that, you know, Clay has to step up. There can't be any shrinkage in the finals. And they've tended to do that. You know, we saw a couple of games last year from Steph, and we've seen Durant go through it when he was with OKC. I don't know how he's going to perform in this finals with the Warriors. But I do believe the fact that now that he's on this team, and with everything about his decision, he has no room for for shrinkage. Yeah. And but the key to everything, as it's been, is Draymond. If Draymond stays the course, doesn't get suspended, just keep his head, I think they'll be all right. How much do you think they need Kerr? Comfort comfortability, maybe, but. Mike Brown, he's been there before, so I don't think. And again, it's it's like a Spurs type thing, you know. It's a system. So whether it's Walton last year, Brown this year, the ship still keeps sailing. And to me, that's the beauty of what they've built. I'm sure everybody would like to see Curtis be on the bench because they, everybody's comfortable with that. But Mike Brown has done an exceptional job as well. And I think he's around. He purrs around. It's just, you know, he may not be on the bench. But, you know, they have a few days to decide what he's going to do. But, again, I don't think that makes that much of a difference for them because that, that team knows what to do. Olden Polonies, Fox Sports NBA analyst. And, of course, uh, he played 15 years in the NBA OP was always getting boards, causing havoc at both ends of the floor. Olden, thanks so much for joining us. Great perspective on the league. Look forward to touching base as we get ready for what should be a historic NBA Finals eventually. Oh, thank you, Doug. All right, Olden Polonese join us. That was a good player. He would play center now. He's like one of those junkyard dog power forwards. He'd be a bigger, bigger center now. Tremendous player. The Super Bowl is getting moved and then moved back. We'll make sense of it after we find out what's trending. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. First two hours are on uh, Sirius XM, right? Whole show is on iHeartRadio. If you missed anything, Olden Polonese or Paul Goldschmidt, we give a Schmidt. No question. Paul Goldschmidt uh, from the Arizona Dimebacks. Download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Go to iTunes. We'll tweet it out as well. Anywhere you you get podcasts, you can download the Doug Gottlieb Show. FoxSportsRadio.com, good site. You can get all our stuff. And then, of course, you can rate us as you subscribe to our podcast. Makes sense, right? Uh, every day we try to run down as many stories as we can, kind of like 
kind of a spitball them, if you will. And, uh, you know, I understand based upon where you are. If you're on the East Coast, it's 530. Like, I want to know what happened. You're in the West Coast, it's 230. You still, you kind of, I want to know what happened. Let's get you updated. Here's the press. The press. Dan Byer, what do you have for me? Let's start out with the NFL, Doug. It's been a hot and busy day with the National Football League as the league did announce that Super Bowl 55 will be moved from L.A. to Tampa Bay because of the construction delays on the new Inglewood Stadium. Tampa Bay was the runner-up in the first time around when they were bidding on Super Bowls. So Tampa Bay gets to host it in Super Bowl 55. Talking about the whole area, obviously St. Pete game will be in Tampa, but uh, L.A. is now going to host Super Bowl 56 in February of 2022. I don't. I know. I know. Tampa's hosted many a Super Bowl. I just. I don't get it. No, really. It's warm. It's a nice stadium. They put 150 million in the stadium. I just. I don't know. Yeah. I. I the last like, one. Yeah, they had was the Steelers and Cardinals. At least it's um, in a warm weather site. Like next year, it's in Minnesota. That's not going to be great. This is not a joke. The pro- <laughs> the problem with, at least Minnesota, they'll have all the parties. They'll be indoors. You know, if you're downtown, you can walk in the skywalks. Whatever. You don't have to go outside. The problem is eventually at some point you still have to go outside. And I know that stadium is sick. Problem with Tampa is everything's so spread out. Like a lot of these sites are so spread out. Um, Indy obviously does a really good job keeping everything close. Uh, They'll figure it out. I'm just, I can't tell you. I like Tampa and Clearwater and St. Pete and some of the other stuff down there. But I, well, that's a, that's just a downer for LA to have that delay be so severe in the stadium that you got to, now they will get Super Bowl 56. They're going to get, we get it back the next year, yeah. so yeah. they'll make it up to them. The NFL just wants a stadium to have two years under its belt or two full football seasons under its belt before I don't hosting a Super Bowl. Well, what, I don't I don't really – why do you have to have two years under your belt? Like, oh, we want to make sure every crapper's been crapped in like <laughs> 300, <laughs> 300 times. You would like, think that. Year, like, you can't work out all the kinks in a several billion dollar <laughs> hey. stadium in a year? They should have a dump meter outside the stadium to like, have go lots to of the number – and uh, but remember, heck, the Cowboy Stadium didn't have enough seats. Remember the fire marshals? Well, that's the- because they expanded <laughs> for the. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was amazing. Never, never again. Uh, Hall, uh, some sad news to pass along. Hall of Fame defensive tackle Cork Test Kennedy was found dead this morning in Orlando, Florida. Spent his entire career with the Seahawks. Was the NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1992? That was a year the Seahawks went two and fourteen. Their defense was great. Their offense was anything but. But Cortez Kennedy passing away today. Hmm. Uh, really sad. Uh, Cortez Kennedy, I don't know if you saw his Hall of Fame speech. I thought it was great. His sophomore year in high school, his mom and dad took him off the football team because of his grades. And then his mom (laughs) went to the state championship game with his high school team and sent him a postcard, wish you were here. And he said that was the the moment his life changed forever. Um, And was he just a beloved figure? Yeah. The guess would be, like, I hate to be that guy that guesses. But no one had ever mentioned any neurological things. So I don't think that's it's that. It feels like maybe a heart attack, right? Sure. Uh, but he, like, Cortez Kennedy was a beloved dude. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet it out a little bit later. I watched his Hall of Fame speech again today, and it was great. He mentioned his coaches, uh, especially Randy Shannon, his assistant coach and position coach when he was at the U University of Miami. Uh, he mentioned his mom and dad, and he talked about his agent and how his uh, agent who da- died in a pe- plane crash uh, with somebody who taught him how to be a pro. You know, and, and as, as a Seahawks fan, when you're talking about guys who are true Seahawks, he's one of three pure Seahawks who are Hall of Famers. Ooh, They're, wait, 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 hold on. Steve Largent? Yes. Um, the other Kurt Warner? No. 
Walter Jones. Walter Jones. Walter yes. Jones is a great lineman. So the yeah. other Kurt Warner was re- well, he was good, wasn't Magnificent. he? Magnificent. Yeah, blew out his knee in his second year in their first game of the season, and uh, but still. W- after that, when knee surgeries, you weren't able to come back as much. Still had a had a solid NFL career. Wait, so you're a Seahawks fan? Yes, yes. How? Uh, Dave Craig, their old quarterback, was from my hometown. I got to meet the Seahawks when I was seven years old. Okay, that's that's so. that's, that's fair. I I like uh, you know there's some, there's a bunch of moments that happened in that old kingdom. One of them not good because I'm an Angel fan. Uh, but uh, the most historic, obviously, I think well, not historic but memorable was Bo Jackson oh. running. Running, Fifth not just grade. yeah, not just running over Brian Bosworth, running out of the stadium into the into the tunnel, right? Ninety-one yard touchdown on just like a simple pitch, uh, but yeah, old school Seahawks. Who could forget Kenny Easley? Also, sure, longtime Seahawk. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Put him in him as well because the veterans committee. He was uh, in Tron just this last season, so I guess that would be four for you. But only nine players that have played for the Seahawks in the Hall of Fame. Crazy. How about mm. this from the Raiders? Uh, owner oh, Mark wow. Davis saying that the team refunded about 1,000 season tickets to fans in Oakland who didn't want them following their move to Vegas, and those 1,000 tickets apparently snatched up within two hours after going back on sale. So remember, Davis said he was going to refund the tickets for those Oakland fans that didn't want them. Some did, and others took advantage mm. of it. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, though, that uh, this is a little bit like people who say, I'll never fly X airline ever again. Right? I'll never go to a Raider game ever again. Okay, Raiders are in first place, and they're playing against uh, the San Diego Chargers late in the season. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna go? They go to the playoffs, they play a home game, you're not going to go? Like, if you're a Raider fan, if you were willing to spend money on a season tickets, you're willing to spend money on single game tickets. Okay. I don't buy it. Yes, uh, Ryan Music wants to hop in on this. Didn't you? I'm never going to fly in United. Again. I knew it. I knew <laughs> Not it. Not because of how they escorted that passenger who won't, wouldn't leave, because of how I was treated at uh, at Newark and and this this new ticket they have where you basically if you wear anything other than underwear you get charged for it. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. Uh, Jets defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson saying their locker room right now is getting a. Getting along a whole lot easier now that Brandon Marshall isn't there. Richardson joking with the media, saying there are, quote, 15 reasons, end quote, why the locker room is better in wow. reference to Marshall's jersey number. Wow, interesting. Now, look, Sheldon Richardson is a guy who's always kind of been seen as a like childish, kind of a clown or whatever, but there is something to that. I like Brandon Marshall. Uh, remember, he's been out front about his own issues with mental health. Of course, he also was part of Inside the NFL and, you know, uh, an opinionated kind of TV TV personality and analyst on a Tuesday during the NFL season. I'm going to tell you right now, that might not work with the New York Giants. Uh, their head coach is not the biggest of personalities. They've had issues between their quarterback and their other wide receiver. So I think it's interesting what Sheldon Richardson is saying now that Brandon Marshall has gone. Leonard Fournette's brother, Leonard Fournette, was busted for a fake ID at a casino in Baton Rouge. Leonard Plays football for LSU and on Monday accidentally gave the cashier when he was cashing out his correct ID instead of the fake one. Sure, yeah, right. I mistakenly, when I was cashing out, gave Leonard Fournette, because Leonard Fournette's of age, though. So that would mean his name is Leonard Fournette? Leonard, yes. L-A-N-A-R-D. Leonard and Leonard. Is the dad's name Leonard as well? Is this a a George... uh, Foreman George sort of Foreman deal. situation? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't uh, think so. Uh, actually, uh, Gary Payton has two sons named Gary uh, Gary Payton. He has Gary Payton Jr. and Gary Payton II. True story. 
Okay. Gary Payton the second is in the NBA. Gary Payton Jr. is not. You could call one, yeah, the second and junior and not yeah. have any confusion. It was not confusing at all. No. Yeah. Wait, wait. So what's the dad's name? I, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's but you that when you a... read that, you didn't go like, really? His name's Leonard. <laughs> wait, just... Leonard and Leonard? Like what? It was it was close. Yeah, I didn't think. Of, I just assumed that maybe all of the siblings would be L's, but I didn't nice think of what it could be. Uh, okay, here's what his real, father really could be. simple. Uh, Buyer, you don't have any kids that you know of. And um, <laughs> if you guys, if you and Lisa decide to have a kid or to adopt a kid and change their name, whatever, you pick Wolfgang and you pick Bob and, okay. you, and you get in the middle of those two. But you can't have the same name for more than one kid. Even if it's not exactly the same name, it sounds like the same name. That's a no bueno. How about this one to wrap it up? The first robot police officer has made its debut in Dubai. Yes. Robocops in the country could be a quarter of its police force, some experts say, by 2030. The robot is 5'5 and can speak six different languages. Mm. How about that? Robot police officer. Not too Mm. bad. I I will add this. The robot had a difficult time steering the car, uh, saying it was a hard drive. (laughs) Oh. Oh, wow, that's bad. He didn't say dead, 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 or, dead or alive. You're coming with me. I'll buy that for a dollar. This is all RoboCop lines. You guys remember RoboCop? John does. That's a given. Oh, man. <laughs> My friends call me Murphy. You can call me. You can call me what? RoboCop. <laughs> bad language makes for bad feelings. Did the Thunder give away rebounds to Russell Westbrook in order for him to get triple doubles? You'll hear from Ennis Cantor. He joined us earlier. We'll share it with you next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. Tonight, big game in uh, Cleveland. Possibly last Eastern Conference Finals game in Cleveland. They got to go back to Boston regardless. Uh, Kevin Durant has said uh, his his comments after game three of the Western Conference Finals were not meant as with, with uh, disrespect. I mean, life can be simple, man, Durant told ESPN. If you don't like the way the game is going, just turn it off. If you enjoy it, just keep it on. Life is simple. I didn't mean to disrespect anybody. But if you felt disrespected, I'm sorry. But if you don't enjoy the game, turn it off. Turn something else on. If you do, enjoy the rest rest of it, man. Uh, I just, like, if you're Durant, I think he's got to learn this expression. Don't punch down. I don't punch down. If there are people that are complaining about the quality of games, that's not Durant's job. Durant's job is to go out and win and to play good basketball, and they have. Steve Kirk remains unsure whether or not he'll coach. He told uh, Mark J. Spears, the undefeated, it's day by day. Um, I think he'll coach in the finals. they got nine days before the finals begin. Jeff Weltman was is president of basketball operations for the Orlando Magic. What does that mean in terms of uh, g- general manager? So uh, Matt Lloyd has a chance to possibly get that job. Man, we got a lot of stuff to uh, get to. See, there was a blown call in the Angels game last night. Nolan Fontana was called safe and then out by the same on the same play by the same umpire. Without review. Safe. No, out. <laughs> did, he, did, did they appeal? And the same umpire said, safe. Out. Yeah, too bad. Man. I consulted with myself. Of course, Joe West was part of the crew. No question. 
Uh, this is kind of interesting. By the way, Leonard Fournette uh, and Leonard Fournette, their dad. Shocker here. You want to know what his name is? Ramos? I do want to know. Can I guess real fast? Sure. Leono. No, it's Leonard. <laughs> that is not even like the they, name he named I his you, kid Leonard, and then he named his next kid Leonard. Somebody likes their name. Right? I just like hearing my name called. Just like hearing my name called. Uh, LeBron James has answered questions about uh, what happened in Game 3 as we look forward to Game 4. Here's what he said. Pass it. Focus on Game 4. We know we did wrong in Game 3. We know ways we can get better, but I'll focus on the present, not the past. It sounds great to focus on the present, not the past. Like Everybody wants to do that. I got two eyes in the front of my head, none in the back. So I should look forward. You know, the, the front window of your car is much bigger than the rear view window of your car. Like all of those cliches sound great. But it's hard to, we're not comparing LeBron against any other guy. We're comparing him against the best guy we've ever seen play. And this at times sudden lack of confidence is just at, at minimum strange. At minimum strange. At most, alarming. And uh, I've said it before that it's one of those things that if he can win another championship or another two championships with the, the varying degrees of self-confidence in his jump shot, that's like Peyton Manning winning championships with a bad arm. Yes, Ramos. I always thought one of the most famous lines ever was, right, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it, right? Mm-hmm. So don't you want to look back and see what you did wrong and how you can get better at it? I mean, I never understood why people are like, yeah, forget about the past. I'm just looking forward. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you, and, and I do think you have to self-correct. But I also think that you can't be uh, bound by the past. You can't, be, you, can't be ba- you, you can't let that paralyze you. You can't so badly not want to ma- make additional mistakes that you'll continue to kind of shoot yourself in the proverbial foot. Does that that make sense? You know. Yes, it does make sense. Uh, like you can't you can't live in the past. I don't. It's. I get I get it. I mean, look. One of the things with with Facebook and Instagram, you'll find is that there's lots of athletes that live in the post pictures. I occasionally will post something I find of myself that's 20 years old. But there's guys that like I follow who are friends of mine who they're constantly like, "Well, that was 20 years ago. That was 15 years ago." Like, live in the present. What's going on with you today? And Maybe that was, the, in their own mind, their peak. But you also don't want to be that guy that lives 20 years ago. You don't want to be shooter down at the local diner talking about the ball going in and out and how you were robbed, right? That's from Hoosiers, in case you're wondering. So there's a, there's a kind of happy medium. I appreciate what LeBron's saying. I just have a hard time believing it to be fact. Ennis Cantor had this to say earlier about whether or not they let uh, Russell Westbrook get rebounds for his triple-doubles. It's not like, let me get my triple-double. He was just doing it, but, like, there's sometimes that we just let him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't like we just let him, but occasionally we just let him. You know? Yeah, we know. We know. Which is why, if your argument for him getting the MVP is triple-doubles, not the strongest, not as strong an argument as you would think. You know, let him in scoring, let him in assist was incredible this year. The rebounds were inflated and it's like, well, why didn't Steven Adams have good rebound numbers? Hmm. Maybe that's why I like the Cavs bigly, bigly tonight. Bigly. He actually says big league apparently, but he puts them together. I don't know. 
Justin Forsett tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.